Welcome to the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. The hit cast offers a weekly look at Hollywood from a conservative point of view. Sick of media bias infecting Hollywood headlines? Tired of stars insulting your views? Hit has your back. Now, here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to episode 55 of the Hollywood and Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. This week, we're speaking with entertainment reporter Michelle Polino from Fox News Radio and Sirius XM Fox News Headlines. She's got some amazing stories to share, as well as a perspective you wouldn't expect from a reporter who is self-identified as a liberal. This week's show is sponsored by She Knew, the intoxicating new fragrance from Meryl Streep. Before my chat with Michelle, I wanted to preview a new movie hitting theaters this month. It's called 12 Strong, and it stars Chris Hemsworth and Michael Shannon. The film is based on the nonfiction book Horse Soldiers about a remarkable military victory in the early days of the Afghanistan war. Here's why the film matters. And note, this is not a review. I'm embargoed from saying, saying any sort of specific reasons why I liked or didn't like the film, anything about the quality of the film. This is not that. But this is a description of what's going on in the movie and why it matters. Now, it's pretty rare to see a movie cackle the Taliban these days. Lone Survivor did it, but not many other films do it in any capacity. The Taliban is still around, still committing atrocities, and uh, usually Hollywood likes to look away from that. The film also pays tribute to U.S. Special Forces. Again, not something you see every day at the Cineplex. And finally, the movie doesn't get political. There's no big speeches, and no moments that kind of stop the film cold about the war in Afghanistan, about the right reason to do it, the wrong reason to do it. It's not that movie. Now, if you line up all those three reasons, it means it's kind of catnip for conservative audiences, at least on paper. So that's important. And let's just put it bluntly. Conservatives are often absolutely furious with Hollywood for multiple reasons. One is, oh, those films often have a liberal bias. Yep, guilty. That is true. Not always, but it's certainly more common to see that than a right-of-center bias. Secondly, it's often anti-military. And actually, that was true for a while, specifically during the Bush years. Lately, not as much. I think I think that Hollywood has gotten much better at paying tribute to soldiers and not being so one-sided against them and their mission. And uh, so I think that's been a good trend. But it does happen from time to time. Finally, they don't make movies about heroes anymore. Well, what is 12 Strong? It's a story about remarkable heroes. It's based on a true story. You can go read the book or check out the movie. That's the whole focus here. So there you go. If you're a conservative critic of Hollywood and you don't buy a ticket to films like 12 Strong, well, then you're part of the problem. You're sending a message to Hollywood saying, hey, you know what? We're mad at you, but we're not willing to support films that are right of center or are pro-military or that show old-fashioned heroes. We're not willing to make the, the time and the effort to go see them, to buy tickets, and to support them. You know what that means for Hollywood? They'll start making even less of them. So if you want to send a message, I think you should seriously consider checking out 12 Strong. And I want to have a quick caveat to my recommendation from a commercial point of view one of the film's stars is Michael Shannon, and of course he's a terrific actor, been in a dozen films in the last couple of years. It seems like he's in everything, but he's also the same guy who said of Trump voters, it was time for the urn, U-R-N. And I wish I was making up that anecdote, but it's not fiction. It's true. He really said it in his early rage at the election of President Trump. So will that scare some right-of-center people from seeing 12 Strong? It's certainly possible. I get it. I understand. 
who wants to be insulted in such an ugly fashion? But I hope people can overlook that and check out this movie, or at least consider it, because we rarely get movies that are really red state friendly, and this, by all accounts, is one of them. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to my daddy's podcast. This week's Celebrity Tweet of the Week goes to Ron Perlman. Now, Ron is a great actor. I love him. He was absolutely spectacular in Sons of Anarchy. He's all over the map with his roles, character actor roles, B-movies, you name it. Ron Perlman has been in it. And I think he's really underrated as a thespian. That's just my opinion. But he's also completely obsessed with Donald Trump. He tweets about him nonstop. It's amazing. Watching his Twitter feed is almost comical in his obsession. But he had a tweet this week that I thought I'd share with you all. And I'm going to do a little self-censorship here because he doesn't always keep it clean. Here we go. To the people that surround the president, you better have a plan to tackle that mother Blanca the minute he reaches for any device that harms the world. You better. Now, just note, there's a lot of all caps here, so I think you can maybe sense it in my line reading, but that's the way Ron Perlman rolls these days. He is absolutely nonstop obsessed with President Trump, and uh, sometimes it's kind of fun to read. You're listening to the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. My hit tip of the week is Brawl and Cell Block 99. The film stars Vince Vaughn as a down-on-his-luck guy who makes one bad mistake too many. And of course, you can tell by the title, he ends up in the big house. And it's there where this really delicate, beautiful character study goes full grindhouse. Wow, what a shift in tone, but I hung with it all the way. Now, Brawl is from the same writer-director who gave us Bone Tomahawk, C.S. Craig Zoller. He's got just two film critics already, but boy, is he a talent to watch. The movie does have that split personality I mentioned, and maybe that's not going to appeal to everyone. Plus, the final 20 minutes, wow, blood-curdling, stomach-churning. It's tough to watch, and I've seen a lot of horror movies. It left me kind of feeling queasy. But again, hang in there. This is Vince Vaughn's best performance, I don't know, maybe in ages, maybe of all time. It really stuck with me. It's a beautiful and disturbing and haunting film, the kind of film that just you just can't stop thinking about, and how often do we get to say that about movies? So... It's called Brawl in Cell Block 99, and it's available right now on Amazon Prime. Now, let's get to my chat with Michelle Polino. You know, I first noticed Michelle on Twitter, started following her, and I recently read a great piece that she wrote about Meryl Streep in Hollywood. Really caught me by surprise. She started her career as a traffic reporter, and since then, she's had a lot of different gigs in the Hollywood community, including film producing, which she's still doing right now. She currently is making headlines and covering news as as a reporter with both Fox News Radio and Sirius XM Fox News headlines. She's been in the Hollywood trenches and she's got some really cool stories to tell. I guarantee you're not going to expect this interview and what she has to share. Here's my chat with Michelle Polino. Well, Michelle, I was looking at your background. You've had a really interesting kind of gaggle of careers before becoming an entertainment reporter. You were a traffic reporter, a TV show producer. I'm just kind of curious as far as your evolution. Was this the kind of work you've been kind of looking to get into all along, or did this kind of happen as a, as a happy accident? <laughs> it, was a, it was a happy accident. Uh, yeah, I wasn't looking. When I moved out to L.A., it was for uh, producing purposes, for uh, producing reality shows and uh, films. And... 
uh, as my money started to run out because there's a lot of hungry people out here, mm-hmm. uh, I decided to jump back into radio and I started looking online and I saw an ad for an entertainment reporter for Fox. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. Now let me, let me, uh, knock, knock on this door. And, uh, luckily they answered <laughs> from the online ad and uh, asked me to come on in. Excellent. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, I was looking at your website, and it's got this really interesting tagline, which I, in a way reflects a little bit of the work that I do. I just wanted to talk to you about it. You said, holding court at the intersection of pop culture and politics. Now, given that description, which I think is great, is that intersection getting more, I guess, more heated, more energetic? What's changed in recent years, and is that a good thing or a bad thing or just the thing? I think it's just a thing. I think the lines are blurred um, because the entertainment in- industry is uh, filled with passionate people. And let's face it, some of the greatest movies are politically driven. Some of the greatest shows are politically driven. Uh, uh, let me just say, because they're power driven mm-hmm. and Washington is filled with power hungry politicians so literally they the lines are blurred and nobody nobody really talks about it i love it and maybe i like the power i don't know but um the power plays on both sides are interesting to me um and they also and and la and hollywood drives the narrative of this country Mm. as washington dc drives the the legislation and and the other side of the narrative, so be it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that sort of intersection has gotten more, uh, I guess, fluid, for lack of a better phrase? I mean, was there a cultural moment where that happened, or was it just sort of a, an evolution that was down to happen at any point? Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think we're we're in revolutionary times. We are living in the midst of a revolution, and. People are passionate about their ideas here as well as in Washington. And I think that Hollywood has an idea of, of how everyone should be. And Washington actually knows the people <laughs> way better than the wealthy people of Hollywood. And I, I, I think that's where the clash is. Mm-hmm. I think Hollywood wants everybody to live by their playbook and Washington saying, you know, n- no, there are a lot of people that don't live by your playbook and uh, you have to come to terms with that. And Hollywood doesn't like hearing that. Gotcha. Uh, that's a good segue to, I wanted to mention a piece you wrote at medium.com about Meryl Streep, but also much more than just Meryl Streep, the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein. And here's a quick outtake. I want to, just for people who have not read it, it's important to kind of mention this little part, and then we'll kind of dig down a little deeper. You write, every time one of your Hollywood elites, like Streep or Judd Apatow, pounds your fists on the table and screams at conservatives or the president, you are the problem. It drives a stake deeper into the collective heart of our country, killing any chances of our getting out of this mess we've created. It also makes Trump voters dig their heels in even more. And by the way, I think you're sort of a personally a left of center folk. And the, the fact that you wrote that 
It actually means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. But let's let's go let's go deeper into that, and maybe you can kind of expand on what you wrote and what you what you wanted to kind of get across there. I I, I really do. I, I have a, a a great deal of conservative friends, and I talk to them on a daily basis, and uh, and I and I'm I'm so appreciative of their viewpoints and even working at Fox has changed me. It's changed the way I think because I was just like that, you know, most of the people in Hollywood, I was like, Oh, you're crazy. Trump's crazy. But the truth of the matter is he is getting stuff done for people. And Hollywood just doesn't want to see that because all they see is the package. They don't understand that he is an avatar for change. I had a conversation with Rob Reiner recently, too, about this. I'm like, Rob, stop with the Russiagate. Stop. Because, you know, that is, again, just this this thing that everybody's latching on to try to get Trump out of office. Get Trump out of office. What's going to happen? They're going to elect somebody just like him back in because nobody's talking. You guys are talking over them. And every time, you know, you shout from your mountainous house up in the Hollywood Hills that is, you know, guarded and gated, people in middle America are raising four or five kids are just like saying F you. They are. They, they get so angry. I had a conversation with my friend who's an evangelical and she, uh, you know, the first thing she said that concerned her the most was the pro-life. But the second thing was the fake media. She just and every time Trump says it, it it makes Hollywood go crazy because they believe that he's driving that he, that he's making that a truth, right? For him, but he's just just spreading the word. He's just telling people what they really believe. They're, he's just echoing their statements. Well, I have to dial this back a minute, just real quickly. Can you share what Rob Reiner said when you approached him about that particular subject? Because uh, I don't think he's ever been asked that question or, or led with that kind of conversation before from a reporter like yourself. He he got contemplative, actually. Oh, good. He, yeah, he got contemplative. Uh, um, it was uh, I was interviewing him for uh, a Fox uh, podcast, and uh, and you can grab it and, and take a listen to it anytime at, at foxnewsradio.com. But he was talking about LBJ and Russia. And uh, I, I, I kind of said, listen, Rob, you, you're focusing too much. All of Hollywood is focusing too much on him because, and it's so funny because let's, let's talk about the fact that characters are flawed. LBJ's flawed. It's what you liked about him. He was a flawed man. So is the president. He's a flawed man, and he's just carrying the message of the people that he heard on the road. He's just an avatar for change, and he got contemplative. And he was like, that's, that's really – that's an interesting perspective. He's never <laughs> heard it before. So I was lucky to get that point across to him. Yeah, and by the way, we'll link to that interview at HollywoodInToto.com on the show notes page for this podcast. Uh, you know, that's great. And actually, I've, I give Rob Reiner some credit. I, I believe he's been on the Hugh Hewitt show in the past, and I, I think he occasionally will go in different venues that a lot of actors don't go on. So uh, kudos hey. to him. Nobody, nobody talks to me. I, I had to, you know, I, I literally begged him twice mm -hmm. because Hollywood won't talk to me. I'm about to go on the red carpet next week. They, they literally stick their nose up at me as soon as they see my mic flag. 
because of the they fight. They have no idea. They, yes. They have no idea that I'm left of center. Mm-hmm. They have no idea of my politics. They have no idea that uh, of anything, all they see is the Mike flag. They are the most judgmental people I've ever met in my life. Wow. I'm, I was going to ask you a question, which I think I'm going to skip over a different part of our conversation. But uh, uh, one thing I wanted to ask about. Not all, though. Not all. But okay. a lot. You know, in the past, I've actually interviewed a lot of liberal actors, and this was when I was working for the Washington Times, and they were pretty good about it. But I feel like that was 10, 20 years ago, and this is, like you said, these are more passionate times, and I think emotions are running much hotter than they've ever been. Uh, one of the things I'm, I, that I focus on on this particular podcast a lot is the media bias that I see in entertainment press. And already, from your perspective as someone who's both liberal and trying to be a sort of a, uh, a neutral arbiter when it comes to conversations – why is there so much bias in sort of the Hollywood reporters, the varieties, the deadlines? I mean, it's I can't imagine they have a single right of center reporter, employee, editor in their houses. I, I, like that drives me crazy. Any, any sort of insights into that because you're in this business and you're you're fair enough to see both sides? I, you know, it always boggles my mind when I read their headlines and that, and and then the eventual stories, uh, how biased they are. It's it's really quite sad to me and there's very few actors or writer directors again that will and, and I think it's because there's so many people in Hollywood that are liberal and this whole town is like I hardly go to parties anymore because I, I, I can't engage with people and you know steer in any way the conversation and politics to the to the right because they just don't want to hear it like i I, it's it's hard for me to to go to any parties but Mm -hmm. let alone let alone events where variety and they and they're all left of i don't know why they are but it's hard it's it you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that's conservative here there is the friends of abe um do you, have you ever heard of Friends of Abe? Yeah, I thought they were unofficially disbanded, but maybe they're still kind of going in some capacity. I think they're still going. They're yeah. still going. Yeah, they're still going. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of conservative actors, writers, um, that meet on a monthly basis. They meet on a monthly basis. So whenever I, um, people ask me about sort of the bias in the industry, I say, well, you know, when when Obama has a fundraiser, it's front page news, and George Clooney's talking about it. But when Republicans meet, it's in a clandestine assignment, and it's all it's in secret, really, and they have you know they have to see, speak in code names. It, it's really damaging to the country, and it's really it's part of the reason that drove the narrative of that story that I wrote, because I really do believe it's damaging the country. I really believe that uh, that if Hollywood would only take a page out of the screenplays that they write mm-hmm. and see that. Uh, the only way to move forward is not their way. It's uh, sitting down and listening to the other perspective, the conservative perspective, and trying to understand them. It's not that hard. I changed. If I can change, mm-hmm. then others can too. Yeah. And I'm all for that woman's march really made me really angry um, because it, it, it was so defeatist because it didn't allow pro-lifers to march because it was tied into Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I was yeah. 
that was that made me really angry. And I talked to my friends about that, hmm. and they were they were pretty angry. But it, it, it's a def, it's <laughs> it's an echo chamber that is going to eventually. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Hmm. I'm not sure, but you know, I, I don't think that even if Trump is gone from office, they're just going to put somebody else just like him in there. Hmm. We're talking with Michelle Polino, an entertainment reporter for both Fox News Radio and Sirius XM Fox News Headlines. Now, you've explored the Harvey Weinstein scandal and wrote about this out of the power component of that scandal, which is obviously crucial to what happened and why it was existing in the first place. I kind of curious, as we're heading into 2018, where should this story head next? Where should reporters be sort of digging in or at least kind of asking certain questions moving forward? It, it's, it's a, that's a great question. I, and um, my answer to you is look to see what Hollywood does with women. That's really the next, that's, that's the next step. And it's interesting because I can feel there's, there's, they're still resisting in Hollywood. They're still resisting this, the women and putting women in powerful positions. And if you look back to the Oscar so white controversy, that'll give you a good glimpse of where we should go in 2018, where we should look, where we should dig. They literally changed the Academy's structure they changed the Academy's structure. The fundamental structure of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was changed because Oscar so white. Hashtag Oscar so white. There's still only 7%, 7% female directors in, in, in Hollywood right now. That's, it's unreal. And is anything changing right now? No. That's the story. Do you see any companies changing, saying, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to make sure that, that, you know, the Weinstein company is sold to a, a, a female, uh, you know, producer, or uh, we need to look for, our, uh, you know, organ our organization needs to be more balanced gender-wise and have these policies instilled in them. Have you seen this yet? No. What no. I did, I did read that this weekend's uh, Golden Globes will feature uh, male stars wearing all black. So that will be a, a significant change, I think. So which, that's hilarious because yeah. tuxedos are black. <laughs> what else do men wear but black? Some wear blue suits, mm -hmm. some wear white. Um, but that's kind of hilarious. Uh, the SAG Awards said they're going to have all female presenters this year. I thought that was pretty. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but again, no fundamental structures to businesses here. Mm -hmm. That's what's interesting to me. That's the story. Yeah. And I'm still amazed that I'd rather have someone not wear black, but actually speak out about something they've heard or seen or heard whispers about. I think that'd be much more important, but uh, we'll, we'll see how things move forward. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about is that you're not just a reporter, but you're also a filmmaker too. And mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of curious, is that sort of, uh, just a separate part of your career that kind of feeds a certain artistic itch and, and what projects you're working on right now? Yeah, it does. Uh, I, uh, I have two projects, well, three projects, um, that I'm working on, uh, 
two films and a TV series. The films, one is about Edison, which I think is really quite brilliant. It's a, a, a great script about how Edison was Trump before Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know his story, but it's quite amazing. Wow. And the battle between him and Carl Lemley to, you know, Edison literally uh, had put patents on all his lights. So when motion picture uh, camera was invented, okay, he had patents on all the lights in the cameras. So he was making money um, off this, this industry and Carl Lamley fought him on that. Hmm. And, and it's a really interesting story. Now with that so, kind of project, are you thinking feature films? Could it be a, a streaming, you know, a Netflix production or is it sort of everything open to you at this point? Everything's open. This is this is open season here. That's this is this is another thing that's great right now because the motion picture industry, as as we know it, is fundamentally everything's changing. Everything's uh, dissolving and evolving um, because of Netflix. Like like I called my friend, I texted my friend this morning, and we're talking about uh, if somebody watched Fox and. I left. I'm like, I don't have cable. You have cable? <laughs> Who has cable anymore? Who the hell needs it? I mean, because all I have is a TV with apps. I don't need cable anymore. Mm. So uh, cable's seen its last leg. Uh, movie theaters will eventually, they won't disappear, but you'll see less and less because the, the movies, the big budget thrillers are all just going to be predictable. They can't spit out anything new because they're too afraid because they want money. And the real revolutionaries are at Amazon and Netflix and who, and well now Disney bought Hulu. Thank you. (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, they're the, that's the real revolutionary. So if we can get that, that'd be great. I've had another film called he's out. It's a comedy about his baseball player who, um, who is just on his last leg. He's broke. He's a Lothario. And he um, decides to come out as gay. <laughs> and maybe things that'll change his fortunes. He'll get a book deal and then everything will be great and he'll come out as straight again. It doesn't turn out <laughs> that way. <laughs> doesn't turn out that way. Uh-huh. Uh, cute, cute film. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm saying we need a female director. We need, fe- we need female directors for these. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if both of these are male protagonists, again they are because it's mainly men that are writing the screenplays. But a lot of women are getting, um, you know, thank God for women in film because they're creating endowments and and such. But that's you know the that's the narrative right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's a a thinking good producer. So yeah, I, I do it. I, I love it. It's my creative outlet. Yeah, and that's the great thing about technology in 2018 now is that you've got the resources. You can kind of put it in different ways. It doesn't have to go the traditional route. You've got a lot of different choices. And, of course, once you have those choices, you could have more flexibility behind the scenes. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and and you get to tell stories. Like for me, like it is important for me in my mindset to for women to move forward and get ahead and, and, and to make a change. And... If I get an, uh, a male-driven script, I sit down with the writers and I say, "So you, your women are really, you know, they're 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 not well written. <laughs> they're just uh, they're they're just 
you know, plot points for your mail. And that's, that needs to change. So, you know, uh, I think a lot of women are, are, are changing just like me and saying we need to stand up for what's right. And, and again, what, what is great about Hollywood is we, we do, we do set the narrative for this country and by writing great stuff and finding great material and creating great characters that are multidimensional and that can be good and bad all in one. Like what was great about Breaking Bad was Walt, <laughs> was, you know, that character. He was good and then he became bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that and the bad guy in the beginning became good. There was this <laughs> cross arc that was incredible. So, uh yeah, well, I mean, there is bad and good in Washington, and you know, Kevin Spacey is like his character and House of Cards. Poor, yeah, Kevin Spacey is another one that's out, but um, and, and and Robin Wright's characters are so unbelievably, absurdly evil, mm-hmm. but there is, you know, and and there is some good in them, I think. <laughs> yeah, it makes it more fascinating. Right. A couple of quick items before we let you go. The, the sort of the, 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 the spigot of people being outed as sexual predators, being accused of things, seems to have slowed in the last couple of weeks. Is, are, are there more people, do you think? Do you get the sense that this story is not quite over yet? Or, I mean, just because you're in the industry, you're, you're in, you know, uh, California. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's not, it's not over. Okay. It's not over. Now, there's, there's, there's plenty. I, I don't know one woman who hasn't been. Uh-huh. I don't. Not one. Not one. Not one. Yeah. So, um, it, it's just, <laughs> I, I grew up with it. And, and, and now people, I think Cosby, that whole thing that happened with Cosby, I think Cosby's the one that really started the ball rolling. Hmm. I, I think when women saw that somebody is going, somebody's, Oh, they're going to do something here. Yeah, they're they're actually going to do something with this guy, this creep. Okay, then then we need to start moving forward, and that's when everybody started their investigations mm-hmm. over the summer. Do you know? I mean, Ron Farrell did a great job. Yes, right? oh my goodness. Kudos to Ron Farrell. You know, and the fact that NBC News basically turned the story away that, is, is a story that, in and of itself. Tool that was there, such a tool that was unreal to me. Like, come on, NBC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I, I'd read that you were, you may have a book in the hopper about the collision between uh, politics and entertainment. Is that true? And is there anything you could tell us either about the release date or even what the uh, more specifically what you're hoping to cover? Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's literally um, exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Fox really changed. Working at Fox really changed me. And everybody's like, oh, she drank the Kool-Aid. I'm like, it didn't change my politics, but it made me soft in the heart for conservatives. It did make me soft in the heart. I started to listen. I started to listen. That's the, the only thing that's going to hurt is your ego. You know, uh-huh. it, listen, like me and, and my friend couldn't be more, couldn't be more <laughs> black and white apart. Uh, politically, me and my friend, uh, who's evangelical, mm-hmm. but we love each other to death. Well, that's great. My yeah. my wife is uh, a big Bernie Sanders fan, so 
the election day was complicated for us. Sorry but about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you know, having my wife in my life does make it easier for me to be or to do what I do and understand that the other side is not the devil and they just have different opinions and we can kind of yeah. go from there. So that does work out. Well, <laughs> well thank you, Michelle Polino, for joining the HitCast. Please check out Michelle's work over at both Fox News Radio and Sirius XM Fox News Headlines. Check, out her, check her out on Twitter at Michelle Polino. Drop the E in Michelle and you'll get it. And also look forward to her new book coming soon. Thanks for having me. It's, it's so great to talk about this stuff. I'm so passionate. I, I'm passionately center-driven, if that's possible. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear that. And we hope to be, have you on again maybe when the movies come out. Yeah, be great. Well, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out HollywoodandToto.com for both the show notes and, of course, the latest entertainment news. Please follow me at Twitter at HollywoodandToto. And we'd love it if you leave a podcast review over at iTunes. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.